Coming up in Need to Know, we break down the Zodiac from Aries to Pisces and everything in between. In all the fields, we reveal our birth charts and we walk listeners through theirs. And in Gotta Do, we reveal the August Book Club selection, which teaches us how studying the universe is the ultimate journey to self-acceptance. The podcast encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your best life. This is Warden Webster. Hello, Bianca. Present. <laughs> How you feeling? Like shit. <laughs> I usually try not to. I usually try not to curse like this early in the show, but so I. So the weather has been just a little bit cooler. So it was like, ooh, let's open up the windows and, you know, get some fresh air like in my house because AC has been running. And when you open up the windows, you literally let in all of the elements <laughs> every pollen every whatever weed every I don't know what it is the past 24 hours my allergies have been like bitch <laughs> I feel awful I can hear but, it in your voice and so I'm, I, I'm sorry to hear that you're not feeling better because I can imagine that's not fun but I'm here today because it is <laughs> my duty and my journey to give the people what they need. And it is Warden Webster. So, uh, hello. Hello. Before we get into it, um, I, I want to uh, tell our listeners about something that happened this week on social media. So, Dwayne Alexander Smith, the author of 40 Acres, he agrees with Bianca and not with me because um, he replied to one of our tweets this week to say, and I think he was kind of, it was a tongue in, a tongue in cheek tweet, but he, re he replied to let me know that he does not approve of Terry Crews for Dr. Cassini. Nobody does. <laughs> that in the is... film adaptation of his book. So when you sent me, so when you sent me that screenshot, because I'm not on the Twitter, when you sent me the screenshot of his reply, so at first I was like, oh, good. Somebody else agrees that Dr. Kasim, Terry Crews, no. And then I looked and I said, wait a minute, that's Dwayne Smith. <laughs> then I was like, oh, shit, he listened. Now I have to, I literally went back to the episode to listen, to see what I said, because I know some shit I said was a little bit petty. So if he's listening now, we love you. <laughs> yeah, he would have had to have listened because I didn't put that Terry Crews bit in the description. The only way you would have known it is by listening to our conversation. But he did say that we had a great convo and I think he appreciated that we were reading his book. Um, but you know what? I'm going to stick with Terry Crews. I'm not going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to be, um, bullied by by Dwayne and Bianca into not having the, the right cast for this for this for this book because it was whatever I'm just I'm sticking by my guns that is <laughs> never okay and the husband just finished the book he he really enjoyed it as well and so I don't think he listened to this episode yet but when I asked when I told him he was like Terry Crews <laughs> I think that's everybody like what why what because what in his body of work says <laughs> drama or thriller or 
Every no. once in a while, someone is cast in a role that you didn't see for them. And you're like, oh my God, this, this person has enhanced this role. Do you remember, you may not have seen this because it's such a silly movie. Do you remember the first Sex in the City movie? Not the second one when they went to Dubai, but the first one? Yes. Do you remember how Jennifer Hudson was cast as her assistant to yep. Carrie? And I was like, I don't think this was written for like anyone like her, but they gave the they gave the role to her. But I was like, you know what? She brought something to that role that a skinny white girl would not have brought to that role. <laughs> because let's face it, that you can tell who the, who the, who it was written for. And so sometimes I think going against type can work. That's just one example in one silly movie that I thought did work. And just because we haven't seen Terry Crews in this sort of role before, I think Dr. Cassini, and this is just my opinion, obviously mm. Dwayne disagrees. <laughs> I think the author I, of the book. The creator of the content. <laughs> I think the I think going against type, archetype here could potentially work. But you know what? I'm not a I'm not a casting director, so it doesn't even really matter. I'm just talking on a podcast. <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> but hey, listen, and that's that in itself was like literally the highlight of the week. So I would love to have him on because I have so because now and then again when I re-listen to the episode I was even thinking back to the book I was like oh we didn't talk about this we didn't talk about that like now I have like some other questions even about the characters uh again Mr. Smith if you're listening come on we would love to have you and sit down and kiki and 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 dive into the things because I got questions I have a lot of all right. Well, I'm going to move us ahead because we are in store for a great episode today. Bianca Ward in Need to Know. We kick off the Zodiac episode with a 101 of everything you really need to know about the universe. So we're finally here, Bianca. Episode 24 of the Zodiac episode. Are you ready for this? <laughs> you, I, I hope people see your face. You know, I don't agree with the YouTube stuff. <laughs> But I want you to put this clip because you literally look like it's it's Christmas in your house. You are super hyped. Come, come. Let's let's get into the things. Let's what do we need to the, know? Let's start with the 101. So first, I think it's important to understand the origin of all of this. So for as long as there have been human beings on the planet, human beings have been seeking understanding and trying to understand their purpose. You know, what is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Are we alone? Et cetera, et cetera. Kind of like these questions at the heart of humanity. So when we think about the origin of the Zodiac, it really does, you know, ancient civilizations would look up and they would just try to figure out what, what are the heavens telling us and what can we decipher from that? Now, depending on the civilization, depending on the people, sometimes they felt like the, the universe was talking to only to the emperors. Sometimes they felt like it was talking to people. Some people see religion in it. You know, it, it goes off in so many different directions, but at the heart of it, Bianca, is seeking understanding. I think that's the best way to understand it. That's the first thing I want to say about, about this episode. Second thing I want to say, I want to use an analogy of like baking. So Bianca, I don't know if you're a baker. I know you're a cook. I don't know if you're a baker, but let's just say that you and I both were gonna bake cakes. And so we're both cake bakers. I might put chocolate, I might put coffee in my chocolate cake. You might not do that. I might use bittersweet chocolate. You might not do that. Like there's several different ways to bake a cake. You would agree. 
Yes, because I'm not putting bittersweet chocolate and coffee in mine, but carry on. Exactly. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. So here's how you understand astrologers. Astrologers really look up and they interpret it based on their own styles and their own perspectives. And so you can go to any number of sites and any number of books and any number of astrologers and get, you know, an understanding of what's happening. I think what's the critical part to understand is that it's similar to baking. Bianca and I could both be cake bakers, but we could both take a different approach to baking a cake and they could both turn out great. So there's really no good astrology and bad astrology. It's just different perspectives on the same thing. They're taking a different approach to the baking of their cake. Does that make sense? It does. And I think I'm a cookie person, but this, <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> I'm still with you. I like it. <clears throat> so, because I think, and the reason why I want to start there, Bianca, because a lot of folks think, oh, well, this astrology is somehow better than that one. You know, that's not true. Some, some astrologers, lean into religion, some lean into sex, some lean into gender, they're all okay and they're all valid. I think NASA is considered a reputable source, wouldn't you say? <laughs> they know about some shit up there. Here's what NASA has to say about the zodiac signs. Imagine a straight line drawn from Earth through the sun and out into space beyond our solar system where the stars are. Then picture Earth following its orbit around the sun. The imaginary line would rotate, pointing to different stars throughout one complete trip around the sun in one year. All the stars that lie uh, close to the imaginary flat disk sweep out by this imaginary line and are said to be in the zodiac. The constellations in the zodiac are simply the constellations that this imaginary straight line points to in its year-long journey. So this is from a Time Magazine article where NASA was asked to define what the zodiac signs were. What NASA is defining here is actually the ecliptic. And it's called the ecliptic because this is where eclipses occur. It literally means if you draw a straight line out from the center of the earth and you just keep going in all directions, it's what our eye can see. Most of the planets lie within the ecliptic and the things behind the planets, the constellations or what we're seeing, that's a part of the ecliptic. It's called ecliptic because when the moon passes between the sun and the earth, we can only get the eclipses when the moon is in that zone known as the ecliptic. You with me so far, Bianca? <clears throat> Tracking. The zodiac follows the constellations in the ecliptic as, the, as we go around the sun. And so the universe is vast. And so we're not, we're not looking at the entire universe when we talk about the zodiac. We're only looking at the signs of the ecliptic. You with me so far? Got it. One other thing you need to understand about this. There's something that the earth does in its orbit called a procession. The procession simply means that at certain times, the spin causes our um, tilt to wobble and to change direction. And because of this procession, over many, many years, um, what we see in the constellation actually shifts. And so to understand that, it's just it's to simply understand that nothing in the universe is constant. Everything is in movement. All of the stars move. Our star is moving uh, in the Milky Way. The Milky Way itself is moving. All of the stars are moving. The reason that they look fixed in our sky is because the distance is so vast, Bianca, that we can't see their movement to our eye, but they're actually moving. 
the procession of the planet is such that the constellations have actually shifted westward. And so the constellations of the zodiac have actually changed since they were created. So what was once Aries is technically no longer Aries, but the, we don't account for that procession in the zodiac. We just let that be static as opposed to changing it because everything, even though everything else is changing. Does that make sense? Yes, because if somebody tells me tomorrow I'm no longer a Capricorn, we gonna fight. Carry on. Exactly. So those are those are the very, very basic things that people need to know about understanding um, the Zodiac and understanding um, how all of this works. Now, we're going to get to our particular charts in in all the fields. But what I want to do now is to go through the signs of the Zodiac and then the evolutionary journey or the wheel, if you if you will. So if you know anything about the Zodiac, you know about the 12 signs, you probably know that they mean different things. And you probably know that there's an evolutionary wheel. And if you don't know, you're about to know. So Bianca and I are using, so I did some research. There's a lot of resources out there on this topic. One of my favorite ones is called completehoroscope.org. So you can go to completehoroscope.org. And this is one of the best kind of places to get some information. And I chose this particular site because it's concise and straightforward. So if you're, if you're new to this, if you know a little bit about it, like Bianca and I do, you can still go here and learn quite a bit, but it's not going to be, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, overbearing. So Bianca and I are on the site now, and I think we just want to start, Bianca, with the mottos for each one of the signs, because I think that this is kind of the best way to think about it. Now, all 12 signs have characteristics. They're all kind of have pros and, and, and cons. But to me, the motto is how you can best express them in one or two words. And so I just want to go through the list of the models and then get you to react at the end of this list. So for Aries, the Ram, the motto for Aries is I am. When you think about Aries, just know that that's their motto. And if you want to get a better understanding of their character, remember, it all starts with I am. For Taurus or the Bull, it's I have. Their motto is I have. For Gemini, the Twins, it's I think. I think for Gemini. For Cancer or the Crab, it's I feel, I feel. For Leo, the Lion, it's I want, I want. For Virgo or the Virgin, it's I scrutinize, I scrutinize. For Libra, the Scales, it's I balance, I balance. For Scorpio, the scorpion, it's I wish, I wish. For Sagittarius, the archer, it's I see, I see. For Capricorn, the goat, it's I use, I use. For Aquarius, the water bearer, it's I know, I know. And for Pisces, the fish, it's I believe. I believe. So this is the way that you can understand the signs without going deep into them. When I tell you nothing captures <laughs> uh, Libra like the eye balance, nothing captures Scorpio like the eye wish, those really speak to me. And when I tell you as an Aries person, I am truly captures us. Bianca, let's start here. Do these mottos strike you as being on point? Do they make sense to you based on what you know about yourself and about these other signs? 
when I saw Virgo, I scrutinized. I was like, yep. <laughs> and I'm not a Virgo, but I know a lot of them. <laughs> so I scrutinized. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm a Capricorn. I use, I, I had to really think about that one. I don't know if that, I use what, like I, I, I felt like that one wasn't enough. Um, in comparison to some of the other models that I'm like, yep, I, I can see that, um, with Libra for sure, the I balance with the Capricorn I use, I think that's interesting. So I might have to unpack that a little bit, um, especially in terms of what is said in my chart, but I definitely, I definitely agree with, with most of these. So maybe it'll make a little bit more sense once we get into the elements, um, because I think the elements is where we get into some of the, how people can understand how it all fits. So the characters of the zodiac signs are to a large extent dependent on their astrological element and their quality. And so we're going to talk about element and quality, how they are different and how they are, or how they're interconnected. So there are four elements, okay? Um, I'm sorry, four qualities. And we have the four qualities are fire, earth, air, and water, okay? So the fire means activity, the earth is materialism, air is thought, and water are emotions. Since there are 12 zodiac signs and four elements, uh, there are three signs that belong to each element, and here are how they are divided. So we have cardinal, we have fixed, and we have mutable. So cardinal simply means leading, fixed simply means static, and mutable simply means following. So you divide up the 12 houses of the zodiac and they all kind of fall within these, um, within these elements. Um, and this is how it shakes out. So for fire, the fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And so each one of those has, um, has, a, has a quality to them. So in other words, there is a cardinal fire, which is Aries, there's a fixed fire, which is Leo, and there's a mutable fire, which is Sagittarius. And so that's how the three fire signs are, um, are set up. Bianca, are you with me so far? Yes. All right. So now the earth signs are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. The cardinal earth is Capricorn. The fixed earth is Taurus, and the mutable earth is Virgo. The air signs are Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. The cardinal air is Libra, the fixed air is Aquarius, and the mutable air is Gemini. The water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. The cardinal water is Cancer, the fixed water is Scorpio, and the mutable water is Pisces. You have the most similarity with your element. So Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are all fire signs. So those are the, they're the most similar, okay? Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo are earth signs. So they have the most similarities. Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini are air. So they have the most similarities. And then Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces are water. So they have the most similarities. Using my, go ahead, Bianca. Yeah, so my only, okay, so the elements I understand. What is Tell me more about the um, the cardinal, fixed, and mutable. So I know it's leading, static, following, but what exactly does that mean? 
So let's take Aries, for example, because I've done the most study on that because it's my sign. That's you. <laughs> Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. It's, it's house number one. Pisces is the last. We are known as the least evolved sign of the Zodiac and Pisces is the most evolved. So if you think about the evolutionary wheel, you essentially move through the evolutionary wheel in life or through your existence. And so if you believe in things like reincarnation, you start your existence at the beginning and you go through the 12 houses. If you don't believe in reincarnation and you just believe in growing as a person and evolving as a person, then it's the same, it's the same concept. Cardinal simply means that we're the leaders. And so Aries, um, Aries fire. These are folks who are most likely to run for president. These are people who are most likely to be the captain of the team. These are the alphas who, who enjoy being in the role of, I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be bossy. I'm going to galvanize people to follow my will or my vision. Okay. That is you bossy and <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. That is you. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's so why we're here on today. Because that's why we're here on today. So that's a great example. Now, Leo is also a fire sign. So Leo is going to share some of those qualities, but Leo is fixed. And when you're fixed, you're a little bit more stable in your evolutionary journey. That's what it means. It just means your foundation is a little bit strong. You're not going to be swayed as much by emotion. You're not going to be thrown out of kilter by other people who, 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 who intend to do that. One of the things about one of the things that's known about Aries is not known about Leo. Aries is a very impatient sign. We do not like to be patient people. We struggle with that. Part of why we struggle with that is because we always want to be the leaders. We always know where we want to go and we want to get people to follow. Leo is also a leader, but Leo, they're not uh, impatient. They're fixed. They're comfortable with the here and the now. And so they're not as impatient as Aries. So even though they are also leaders, they don't deal with that impatience in the same way that we do. Now, on the flip side of that, because they're fixed, because they're static, sometimes they get stuck in their stagnation. And so they might, uh, they might deliberate on, on, a, on, a, on a course to take longer than Aries would. And so that would be the key difference between those two. Make sense? Got it. Okay, so you are Capricorn, right? I am. So you also be... bossy. <laughs> also <laughs> bossy. So that's Earth sign and Cardinal. So that mm -hmm. means you are material. That means materialism and leading. How do you feel about that? Again, when I was reading in the chart, it mentioned quite a bit about. Um, wanting to splurge on things, being materialistic in some ways, being bossy in some ways. I was like, oh, y'all know my life. Um, but there were definitely, um, but also talks a lot about just kind of being grounded and, and firm and rooted. Um, so there was definitely things that I see. So this breakdown of the um, of the element and yeah, of the element and the cardinal, like leading, like, yeah, I, I can, I can feel that. I'm tracking now. I got you. So far, so good. And to our listeners, this might be the most information we've ever provided in a podcast, but there's ever. A foundation <laughs> laying is what we want to do here. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about are the ruling planets before we really get into uh, these signs a little bit more in depth and share our charts because each one of the signs has a ruling planet and each one of those planets or, or bodies has, you know, characteristics of their own. 
So Aries, the ruling planet is Mars. For Taurus, the ruling planet is Venus. For Gemini, the ruling planet is Mercury. For Cancer, the, ru the ruling world is the moon. For Leo, the ruling world is the sun. For Virgo, the ruler is Mercury. For Libra, the ruler is Venus. For Scorpio, the ruler is Pluto. For Sagittarius, the ruler is Jupiter. For Capricorn, the ruler is Saturn. For Aquarius, the ruler is Uranus. And for Pisces, the ruler is Neptune. Now there's a couple of things. So, so those are the ruling planets. I just wanna pause here and point out two things. So each sign has a ruling planet. They also have something that may be referred to as an exalted ruler or a moon sign, so on and so forth. That is a whole lot of detail that we don't need to get into today. What's more, we wanna focus on the ruling planets because those have the most influence over the signs. So I wanna acknowledge that the, ruler, the ruling planets is just one element of it. And just to say that for the sake of brevity, we're just going to not go into the to that level of detail. The other thing I want to say about this, Bianca, is that um, the, the Zodiac is all about discovery. And there are some things that we have yet to discover as human beings. And so, for example, uh, Pluto is no longer considered a planet. I believe that it's now categorized as an exoplanet because we believe that it is actually a, a trans-Neptunian object. So again, without getting into too much detail, um, uh, it's believed that Pluto was captured by Neptune's gravitational pull, and that it's actually an object from the Kuiper belt and not a planet. I say that to say this, there, it's possible that there are more than eight planets that we have not discovered. And so as things are discovered, they are considered. And so these ruling worlds are based on our current knowledge and it's based on the knowledge we have now. And it is quite possible that as we discover new celestial objects, they will be assigned meaning and they will be considered in the broader understanding of the zodiac. So that's an important distinction that should always be made is that what we're talking about are the things that we know about and we learn different things every single day about the universe. I am here, Isaiah Webster said, y'all gonna learn today. <laughs> So when you skipped that ast astronomy, physics, earth science class, y'all are learning <clears throat> on today. I am here for it. The last thing I want to say in this section um, is that how astrologers use this information. So again, what I just kind of conveyed to folks, you can, you can Google that on the internet. The interpretation of that information is where we get into um, all of the things that build a horoscope and all the things that kind of can go into a chart. Because what astrologers do is that they use a combination of factors, both on the worlds and on the, what they know about people, to essentially build a chart for you. And so people, and so astrologers take that information and they then decide okay, this is how I interpret this based on my own understanding of the universe, et cetera, et cetera. Let me give you an example. So if I were an astrologer, and this goes back to something I started with at the top of the show, you know, um, I am still black, I am still queer, I am still, you know, male. And so my interpretation of the universe is based from that perspective. And so you're gonna get that perspective in any sort of uh, conveyance that I give to you. So it's important that you pick an astrologer that has some sort of commonality with you because they're more likely to have a perspective on what they're seeing that will, that will comport with yours. Does that make sense? 
It does. Similar. That's how I choose my therapist. Mm-hmm. I want somebody similar to me to have yeah. an understanding. I like and this. It, and it doesn't mean that another, it doesn't mean that another therapist doesn't know what they're talking about. It just means that the one you chose is speaking to you and they understand your perspective. And that's the perspective that you kind of lean into. Astrology is the exact same way. And then, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is some people like to have specifications. So some people are astrologists, but they're astrologists only for sex or they're astrologists only for religion and so on, wellness, health, so on and so forth. So you can get down into the specifications and then only that astrologer can tell you, you know, how they arrived at that decision, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that that's an important thing to understand, I will say about that. And I also want to say about astrologists, you know, they will be the first to tell you that this is what their under, understanding is today and that that could shift tomorrow or next week or next year. Astrologists, as, as in my experience with them, are keenly aware that the universe is ever changing and evolving. Nothing is constant. And if there's anything that I want the listeners to take away from this particular episode is an understanding that the universe is not static, it's constantly evolving. And so our understanding of the signs as they were last year is not the same as our understanding this year and so on and so forth. And that's an important thing to take away from this. And astrologers are keenly aware of that. And it is not unusual, Bianca, for their perspectives to shift and change as they learn more, as they evolve. I love it. Are we about to get into the things? We're going to move to the charts for our charts in a second and then do some charts for the listeners. But anything about the history, the origin, the signs, the evolutionary journey, the role of astrologists or the undiscovered. So I thought that, and I think I mentioned in a previous episode, like I used to really be into the things like the books, the astrology, what sign is most compatible with what. And I don't know. I was also in high school um, and really into stuff. And so now I know, might read a horoscope here, there, but I don't know if I follow in the same way that I used to. So I'm also glad that we're doing this episode because I can kind of tap back in and learn more. But I appreciate the very scientific spin that you put to this in like explaining how, the why, um, and that it is still evolving. I think that that is something to um for folks to to remember so thank you you smart i just like to read so i'm gonna pull up you pull up you have our charts pulled up i need to pull them up real quick so let's get in it in all the fields we detail our birth charts and walk you through the essential elements of your own so Isaiah was like, oh, let's do these birth charts from cafeastrology.com. And I was like, okay. And then he sent me this 22 page document. I was like, okay. But he already said he likes to read. (laughs) So essentially what a birth chart is for those who don't know, um, it, it just, it shows the positions of the planet um, the planets for when you were born. And so that's why when you did your birth chart, it asks for your birthday, your time of, of birth, if you know it, uh, which a lot of folks don't, um, which I think is not interesting, but because sometimes it's on your birth certificate, sometimes it's not. Anyway, um, and where you were born. So city and state, so that it's really tailored to just kind of all of your coordinates from when you 
came forth your mother's womb. And so <laughs> it gets plotted into this fanciness on cafe astrology. And then it breaks down um, literally all of the planets, all of the zodiac signs and where they were um, when you were born. So Isaiah Webster, how do we, now that we have all of this information, how do we use it? Or what, what should we do next? Should we get into it? So I have a I whole was... book picked out on, on that on that front. But I'm That's looking at your chart true. now. So let me ask you this, Bianca. So um, it's 22 pages and you've already talked about how that's crazy and got a lot of figures and, <laughs> and stuff, latitudes and longitudes on here. <laughs> I wish I could have seen your face when you saw this. What, what confused you the most about this chart? So one of the things, um, yeah, that were mentioned kind of consistently, uh, were things like creativity or, or artistic gifts or um, materialism or um, my, it, it was really specific about uh, me loving children and, and wanting a, either wanting to be around children or, or having a lot of my own family and friends, like the importance of that, right? Um, so that was very consistent. But in some areas, it would be like, you know, I'm eloquent and love to talk and very chatty. And then in like the next line, it would be like, but she's very quiet and doesn't know what to say. <laughs> and very mindful of my words. And so I was like, so which one is it? Do I like to talk or not? Um, I appreciate though. But I will say this, reading the whole time, I was nodding. I was like, yep, I can see that. Yep. Oh, how you know? Ooh, that hit a little close to home. So there was definitely, um, but for some, I was like, but in this, this moon or this house just said, I'm not this, but now there's a shift that I am. So I thought that was interesting. How do folks decipher that when there are some of those contradictions that come up? Where do we, what do we know? So a few things. So first, I believe your ruling planet is Saturn, correct? So we'll get into that in a minute. Saturn has a very wide orbit. It takes a long time for her to make a circle around the sun. This lends itself to longer uh, retrogrades. And we talked about this in a previous episode. But the longer your retrograde periods are, the longer you can expect to feel out of kilter or not in your element. And so that's important for any, any, any sign ruled by Saturn is going to have longer retrogrades. And you can go back and listen to our other episode about my whole discussion about that. Totally, you should. <laughs> um, so your short description at the bottom of page six, I just want to read for folks because I think this is some context that will be important if you want to scroll down to that, Bianca. So again, Bianca's chart is 22 pages long. Obviously, we're not going to read 22 pages into this podcast, but here's the short description. She is honest, reserved, circumspect, honorable, and strong-willed. Quietly ambitious within the realms of the possible, she likes and takes on responsibility. She can work in the social domain. Possible issues, a sometimes... Go ahead and say it out loud. <laughs> a sometimes bitter and mistrustful mind. Um, so that's the really short kind of description of a much longer chart for Bianca. Um, and this was in the section that talks about when the sun is in, is in, it's, in, is in the house of Capricorn. 
So a lot of what's said there, Bianca, I agree with. I think you are honest, you are reserved, you are honorable, you are strong-willed. I do think that you take on responsibility and I think you are a reasonable and you're an idealist. You like to do what's possible. That all makes perfect sense to me. I actually, I would not describe you as bitter. So I, I, I agree that that was, that was, I was surprised to see that in this chart. But Me I don't too. so but but again, I don't know that every single word of a birth chart needs to apply to a single person. So here's the thing. What day what day of the month were you born? Um, the first, January first. The first. So I uh, have you ever heard of um I forget what they call them, but when you're born on like the border between the, the cusp. Two sons, the cusp. Thank you. So I am the not cusp, a cusp kid. So the cusp, you know, I hate to be, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Cusp don't really exist. That's kind of like a, kind of like one of those things that became popular in, you know, nomenclature, but it's not really a thing. But for the sakes of this conversation, some people believe that the closer you are to the beginning or ending of a sign means that you're, you're a combination of the previous sign. The truth of the matter is, is that no matter where you are within a house, there are different qualities. And if you were married, if you were married, if you were born on April 5th or born on April 6th, those are both firmly in Aries, but the shift of the sun and our sky over the course of 24 hours is a significant shift. And so we can expect there to be significant differences between those two people. So I say that to say this, Bianca, it's possible that for some people in Capricorn, that possible issues are bitterness, depending on where they were born, the time they were born, and where on the globe they entered the world. I don't think that that would apply to you, but not everything in the chart has to. It's supposed to be thematic and not specific. Can I share your short description and your possible <laughs> issues, please? Of course. <laughs> it tickled me. <clears throat> so Aries. Isaiah Webster. He has a strong personality and an entrepreneurial spirit. He is ambitious and self-willed, stubborn, obstinate, and tenacious. Possible issues? Nervousness? Where? Impulsiveness? Perhaps. Wasteful? Mm -hmm. Provoking nature, <laughs> restlessness, and changeability. Do you think those... <laughs> are accurate for you? I think they're 100% accurate. <laughs> Every single thing in that chart, I think is on point. I am a quintessential Aries. I often describe myself that way because I think every sign kind of has like this, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like what they're known for. And Aries is kind of known for all of those things in that chart that's kind of like a classic Aries, similar to how Scorpio gets the bad rap for being like these sexual slash manipulative people not yes. all of them are but that's kind of like their rap so mm. every sign kind of has you know kind of like their <laughs> their classic default everyone thinks of gemini and they think oh they can't make up their mind they're two-headed <laughs> <laughs> the twins so you know every you know whatever i'm a classic aries and i and i lean into that both on the positive and the negative for sure Hmm. I also like that it, it mentions that there's a childlike quality to all Aries sun people, and, and it's often quite charming. I think that that is true for you. It's very true. It <laughs> is absolutely true. A tickle. Um, we are a tickle. We're, we're enthusiastic. We are outgoing people and childlike, especially when we don't get our way. Like if you, <laughs> you want to see an Aries person cut up, let them not have their way. <laughs> An Aries child will give you fits. I like a real Aries child, 
they throw the worst tantrums. They will actually get in the floor, kick their legs, scream and shout because that's what they do. I would love to have your mother on the podcast so that we can unpack that. (laughs) Because I do wonder about little Isaiah Webster the third. But my mom was the Pisces, well, is a Pisces. And so she was the, she was the most equipped to deal with that because mm. she was the most evolved sign. And so I was the least evolved sign. And so she was, she knew how to handle me because she was at the end of her evolutionary wheel. Okay. So let's, I thought what we could do, Bianca, is talk about how folks could use these charts once they get their 22 page documents. <laughs> so if you go to Cafe Astrology, and you put in all of this information, it's going to spit out quite a bit. I would say take some time to digest the full chart. And you might have to read it a couple of times because there's going to be a lot in here that you may understand immediately and not understand right away. Cafe Astrology has lots of resources that you can go to to kind of understand what they're saying here to make it make sense to you. I think the first half of it, um, where it talks about the sun and the moon, those are the most important things. So here's another point I want to make, Bianca. We can be influenced by all of the celestial bodies. Our ruling planets and the sun and the moon have the most influence on us, but we can have, we can be influenced by anything. And so even if it's not a, if it's a planet, even if it's not your ruling planet, it can still influence you in some way. Make sense? Absolutely. I think that when you're trying to understand as a beginner, start with your ruling planet because that has the most impact. Then go to the sun and then go to the moon. If you want to then look at how all the other planets in the solar system impact you, you can, but that's a level of nuance that's really kind of getting into the details. And that's kind of like for people that are really into this stuff like me, but you can get a good sense of it just by studying your ruling planet and what it has, what it says about your personality. So that would be some advice is a way to kind of make this a little bit more digestible um, in the ways that we think about it. If you do decide that you want to think about how the planets uh, impact you, you want to first understand the elements of the planets or the characteristics of the planets. Let me give you one example. Mercury represents communication. It is really about logistical spirit when we think about what this planet represents in the zodiac. So communication is at the heart of Mercury. Venus, just to give you one other example, represents an interest in emotions and values and the exchange and sharing of ideas with others. So to use those two examples, if you want to learn how to be a better communicator, look at how Mercury impacts your chart. If you want to get in touch with your emotions, if you want to, if you want to get in touch with your value system, look at how Venus impacts your chart, because that's what Venus has control over. And that's what Mercury has control over. So when you get down into the nuance of thinking, how can I really dive deeper? That's how you use the planets to, to discover more things about yourself. Bianca, you still with me? I am. So Mercury, which is my ruling planet, it represents the desire for action and physical energy. And that says so much about Aries because a lot of people often describe us as animated. They describe us as energetic. They describe us as passionate people. What they're noticing, Bianca, is that Mars is in control of that. Mars controls action. It controls physical energy. It controls all of those things about a person. And because Aries is ruled by Mars, that's what people notice. Yes, and I'm scrolling through my birth my birth chart and trying to find 
my ruling planet stuff. You should be on page, looks like 15, maybe 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. So Saturn represents contraction and effort. And it says Saturn um, in, hold on, am I reading this right? I want to make sure I'm on the right chart. Are you with me on page 14? It says Saturn mm-hmm. in Scorpio. Hold right. on. So when I was born, Saturn was in Scorpio, but it's not, sh- where's my ruling? So I think for the birth charts, Bianca, it's literally, this chart is based upon um, when, where you were born and when. So I think that everything in this report is going to speak solely to that. You might not need to go back to another, I don't think you would need a Bianca specific report on how Saturn impacts um, Capricorn. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit more generic. So I think we could probably just go to a separate resource to figure that out. This chart here is specific to Bianca, to your gender, to your place of birth, and to your time of birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're asking for is something a little bit more generic. Right. But can we talk about, okay, so we know our sun sign is like our birthday and kind of <laughs> what we know. Um, the flip of that, so the moon sign. So it says the moon sign represents the emotional responses, unconscious and unconscious predestination and the self-image. The moon represents the emotions and the moon sign shows how a person expresses themselves when at home, at ease and comfortable. And so my moon is in Leo. The moon was, well, let's, the moon was in Leo at the time of your birth. At the time of my birth. Right. That's, thank you for clarifying. The moon was in Leo at the time of my birth. I love that it's, I'm going to read my short description and then we can get to yours. (laughs) No, go um, she is brave, maybe knowing how to take risk and possessing the courage of her convictions, honest, imposing, and sharp. She has a great sense of, a, she has a great sense of, and respect for justice, organizational sense, select organizational sense. Hmm. I can't read today, but I'm going to try selectivity with friends, but is not overly influenced by them. I thought that was interesting. Then it says taste of splendor, potential issues, changing and numerous affections, emotionally demanding and proud, brooding when attention is not forthcoming. That is Bianca Alexis Ward. (laughs) So you think the moon in the moon sign you think speaks more to you than the sun sign? Or I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think, I think both, but I think it's interesting when, um, that the moon is kind of like our emotions and what we represent when we're at ease. And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could definitely see quite a bit of, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So let me, let's, let's do a deeper dive on the moon and the sun. So the sun for human beings, because we live at during the day and we sleep at night, the sun represents when we're at our most active, when we're doing, when we're kind of like on the go. The moon is when we're in our most ref- our most reflective, when we're the most at rest, when we're the most contemplative. And so, when you want to think about how can I use my my sun sign and my moon sign, if you want to if you want to be reflective, I would say go with the with the with the moon sign. If you want action, if you want to get things done, if you want to be productive, 
think about that through the sun sign, because that's literally how these bodies influence human beings. Now, remember, this is just because of the way we live. If we were night creatures and not day creatures, then it would be flipped because our whole existence would be flipped. But because we're usually sleeping at night, because we're usually thinking at night, because we're usually at rest at night, the moon becomes the ruler of everything in that sphere. I just read your... <laughs> I just read your moon and I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> can I read it? I'm going to read it. Of course you can. <laughs> so Isaiah's moon is in Scorpio. Let's just start there. It's in Scorpio. Scorpio moon. <laughs> that would be a nice Twitter ham. It would. It would be. Um, courageous, brave, independent, not a fearful nature. He is attracted to sensual, erotic partners. They said he freaky. Potential issues, <laughs> excessive of pleasures, <laughs> difficulty letting go. So not only do you want all of that sensual, erotic partners, you ain't letting them go. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite, you know, not to toot my own horn, but to have <laughs> your ruling planets be Mars and <laughs> to be, um, you know, Aries and Scorpio, uh, that's that's quite a combination. Um, so yeah, Sun and Aries, Moon and Scorpio, that is quite a combination for a number of different reasons. Um, number of them. But, but, you know, oddly enough, I don't have a lot of Scorpio friends. I hmm. gel well with Sagittarius and Leo and Virgo, um, Libra to a certain extent, some Gemini. Scorpio is hardly in my social network at all. For a long time, I avoided them because I, I, I was under the misconception that they were manipulative all the time. They are manipulative, but we all can be. Um, but I don't know that I have a lot of Scorpios in my circle. I think I think I don't know that we get along that well. So I'm just going to put that out there. I have two Scorpios in my house. <laughs> so how you getting along? How you getting along with them people? <laughs> my one is my mother, one is my daughter. So I am sandwiched between shenanigans and tomfoolery every day. Um, and I know a lot of I know a lot of Scorpio women, um, just in general, in my family, my circle of friends. And I think I have always um, gotten along very well with them. I think the Scorpios in my life. Uh, push me out of my comfort zone because I, I think I think they tend to be um, a little bit more adventurous and yes, um, yeah and outgoing and um, they're go-getters right there's 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 this passion this drive this energy with Scorpios and they're going to go and they're going to make it happen and I think they're, go ahead and I think that they um, yeah they as I think of my Scorpio folks, yeah, they're the ones that, that kind of push me and drive me to, to do. What I was going to say, and forgive me for cutting you off, because I always do that. So I apologize to Bianca publicly for always. Still don't learn. Um, <laughs> they are fun people. If you can get along with them, they are super, super fun. They, you will have a good time with a Scorpio person, but sometimes you might feel like it's it's a one-way street, like it's like they're getting what they need and are your needs getting met, you know, whatever. Um, are there any signs that you notice you don't gel particularly well with? I'm curious. I I struggle with Taurus. Mm, I love a good Taurus. A good Taurus man. Now, oh, this is a Taurus man I like. I don't know about Taurus women. 
Um, and not to say I struggle when I think of some of my more challenging relationships. They are, yeah, are Taurus. Um, I would say probably that's the only one. And, I, and I'm also thinking of like who am I most surrounded by? So a lot of, a lot of cancer, um, a lot, I, I have a lot of cancer folks. Um, my son is a Pisces. Uh, and so the more and more you talk about that being the most evolved of the signs, I, and I did his birth chart once, so I need to just kind of go back and look. But I think that this is also um, helpful and, and unique to think about um, if you can do a birth charter, if you, you know, somebody that's close to you, uh, how to navigate the relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's really, it's cool when you notice characteristics that are in the chart that you can see in that person and vice versa. And so then you're like, okay, well, let me just give this a try. It says that if I tried this word with this person or this approach with this person, it might work. And then you try it and then voila, it works. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to lean more into this. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's almost it's it, it, you could even compare it to instead of in kind of in that way of knowing how to navigate or communicate. Sorry, y'all garbage or whatever is happening in the back. So you might go, you're going to get in the mic. Um, also, when we think about things like Myers-Briggs or just some of those mm-hmm. personality tests, I, um, interpersonal leadership styles, ILS, like when you know, when you have a deeper understanding of kind of how they, they operate and how maybe they think and move and do what they do, that can also help you to either um, get along with them better, also learn how to kind of collaborate, have some balance, uh, know what buttons to push, what not to push. So I think that this is, yeah, this is great for that. Let's talk about some terms that people might hear as they're doing some a deeper dive into this, Bianca. So I just want to give people, prep people for what they might encounter. Do your chart. It's going to give you all these things. It's going to talk about Lilith. It's going to talk about the North node, South node, it's going to talk about the houses. And so just know that the first house, the second house, the third house, so on and so forth, they all have uh, degrees of meaning. And so if you wanted to do a deeper dive into all of that, you could. I think what I often tell people is that when, once you get into the houses, I mean, that would, you're like an expert at this sort of stuff. I would, I would certainly not start there. I would start with just learning your sign, what the ruling planet is, get a good handle on that first, then go to the sun and the moon, get a good handle on that uh, secondly. And then thirdly, looking at all of the qualities of the planets in the solar system next, before you get into the houses of the constellations and that sort of thing. Because Bianca, it can be overwhelming if you just kind of dive into all of that and you get this 22 page chart and you're like, I don't, I, none of this makes sense to me. So like, don't, don't be overwhelmed. Just break it up into bite-sized pieces and just start small and, 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 and take on more as you're ready to take on more. My first house is in Aries. Just <laughs> Oh my God, here we go. We just <laughs> say we're going to talk about the houses. I know, but your, your first house is the area of self-identity. And so um, it is the image of the personality seen by others and the attitude that one has towards life. And I, I, I agree as I, again, um, I really would encourage folks to do their charge because they're, it's, it's kind of cool when you can read something and you're like, damn, that's, 
yeah, I see that. I see that for me. And so <laughs> some of the things that are mentioned here are the, these um, whew, Aries in the first house qualities. I'm like, yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm here for it. And I know we said you don't necessarily have to dive in. But if you want to dive in, I think mm-hmm. it's it's some good information. It's a lot of fun, but not it everyone's going to devote 22 pages worth of reading. <laughs> but, if, but if you want to, I, I think you should, but Where's don't be Where's the audio version of this? <laughs> Girl, there's no audio version for this. Sorry. I want somebody to read to me. Sorry, sis. I wanted to end this section kind of talking again about the difference between astrology and astronomy. And we did this... Um, on a previous episode as well. So I won't go too far into it, but I think there's a simple way to think about it. Um, The point of astronomy is that it has come to be known um, as the science of the heavens. So when you look up and we think about the, the math and all of the things that Sir Isaac Newton taught us about how we can figure out our place in the universe, the science of the universe is astronomy. The non-science of the universe is astrology. Those are the houses and the things that Bianca and I are talking about. The idea that a world can have some sort of characteristic and influence over us. That's astrology. And so there is a difference between astronomy and astrology. And we don't want to conflate the two because they both kind of use some of the same um, objects and some of the same existences, but they're, but they're two different things. So we can look into the heavens and we can talk about the distance between here and a star. And that is rooted in science. And that's a factual thing. And we can, we have some calculations and that we can make about that sort of thing. Then we can also look at Jupiter and say that that gas giant means this, and it rules us in this way. That's, uh, that's astrology. That's not science. I want to draw that distinction for folks so that they can understand kind of where we're coming from. Because we're science-based here. <laughs> Thank you. Fauci <laughs> for president. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say, Bianca, before I reveal the book? Let's get... You know what? Also going back to something that, you know, this is... I think the Zodiac is... You mentioned it being fun. Um, and I know some people who feel very strongly about their signs and very strongly that that literally determines all of the um, decisions they make and how they act and how they do what they do. But when we were also talking about Mercury being in retrograde, we were like, "Mm, sometimes you're a jerk. Don't necessarily, (laughs) don't blame that shit on Mercury. So I think that there is, uh, there's balance to, to all of this because some of it is our own personality and you know and and I think the zodiacs also just give us some flavor yeah and you know I've I've already shared on a previous episode that I'm not really into the retrogrades in the way that I think most people have popularized them nowadays Mm -hmm. um because I think they just get a bad rap and I think that the ruling the the planets rule us constantly not only in retrogrades but whatever we don't have to have that conversation again I do think that if you study the influence that all of the worlds have on your sign. Um, that helps you to gain perspective about the retrogrades and to know the difference between what is just your normal characteristics and what is, is happening in a retrograde. 
But more important than that, Bianca, once um, you've learned, once you've done your own birth chart and you've got a handle on what the universe says about you, see if you can find out what your signs of your friends are. When you're, if you're dating someone brand new, ask them what their sign is and go do, and go read about their sign, read about the compatibility between your sign and theirs. I didn't look it up for this podcast, but each sign has a part of their body that if you focus on that part of the body, it speaks directly to them. And when I tell you, you want to know that. <laughs> Wait, rewind, say, say that again. Each sign, uh huh. For each sign, there's a part of the body that, if you stimulate, that's their part of the body, and so you have to know what part of the body stimulates that particular sign. And if you do it, you're you're in. So that's their hot zone, if you will. That's the love button. That's the uh huh. (laughs) Um, it's it's so. I'm glad you asked that. It's physical and not physical. So you kind of have to. It's 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 kind of like where they're gonna feel the most centered. Remember, it's all about their, their, their journey and where they feel centered in the universe. And so, for example, if you know that touching the neck, and I don't know which sign it is, so, so don't quote me, but let's just say for Taurus, it's the, it's the neck. If, if massaging the neck or blowing on the neck or saying they have a beautiful neck, if you know that that's what Taurus's body part is, it is to your advantage to play that up. What do you have to lose? <laughs> You have nothing to lose and everything to gain by, by knowing that piece of information about Taurus potentially and leaning into it. Why do I feel like you're looking up the body? You know parts? I am because I was like, signs? I was like my knees. Have you looked them up? I just wait, hold on. It's, it's coming up right now. Okay. Um, but mine says my knees. That ain't hot. <laughs> wait, could you give us all 12? Because I didn't look it up in, in advance of it. Okay. <clears throat> so, so here we go. <laughs> and there's, there's actually one of the things that's interesting is that there's actually quite a few um, body parts for each uh, sign. So I'm gonna give you a little overview. So Aries, ruler of the head, face, teeth, tongue, hair, arteries, and blood. Yeah, shut <laughs> That is us. We are we are head from the neck up, basically. Literally, <laughs> literally. Um, Taurus, ruler of the sinuses, neck, throat, vocal cords, tonsils, and thyroid. Ain't none of that sexy. Uh, the throat can be. I don't know what you're talking about. Get into that. <laughs> get into that Taurus throat, and they will love you. <laughs> you stupid. Gemini. Ruler of the shoulders, lungs, bronchial tubes, arm, hands, and capillaries. Cancer, ruler of the breast, diaphragm, womb, lymphatic system, vagina, and stomach. So all of those, their parts. Leo, ruler of the heart, circulation, blood pressure, spine, and back. Virgo, Ruler of the digestive system, pancreas, intestines, colon, eyes, and ears. So you tell them they have beautiful eyes. You're in. Or tap their colon. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Libra. (laughs) Ruler of the kidneys, bladder, the sense of touch, insulin, veins, and lower back. Mm. Scorpio, ruler of the productive organs, genitals, (laughs) genitals, prostate, 
rectum, <laughs> pubic bone, and urinary tract. Can Literally. we stop on Scorpio for a second? <laughs> Literally all the sex stuff is in one, one sign. <laughs> Literally. The only thing they didn't have was vagina, but still. Um, <laughs> Sagittarius, rule of the liver, sacrum, lumbar vertebra, hips, and thighs. Come on, thighs. Capricorn, ruler of the skin, hair, ligaments, tendons, joints, knees, spleen, and bones. We're the one that's going to hold you up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because we're grounded. Aquarius, ruler of the shins, calves, ankles, forearm, and circulation. And last but never least, Pisces, ruler of the pituitary gland, pineal gland, and feet. Mm, that's a great list. You know, I also, I, I, it's important to point out this list is very important for illnesses as well. So using Aries as an example, our symbol is the ram and it's, and the, our symbol is ram because we often lead without thinking. We lead with the head without thinking. And so we are prone to head injuries, headaches, migraines, mm. anything that has to do with the head, Aries needs to be on guard for because those are the type of illnesses that can afflict us because of the way that we are leaders leading with our head sometimes without looking or without thinking. So just that's one way to think about how the universe talks to us in terms of our health. And so an astrologer who is focusing on the health aspect of the zodiac, they would hone in on some of those things. Love that. Love that. What do the folks got to do? <laughs> In Gotta Do, we reveal our August book club selection and discuss why studying the universe is really a journey about self-acceptance. And so, Bianca, I wanted to pick a book this month that really kind of leaned into this to kind of give our listeners a little bit something more to kind of to kind of chew on because I am an amateur, so are you. We are not experts in this, but I have a book from someone who is. <clears throat> The book is called You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance. It's by Shawnee Nicholas. And I hope I'm pronouncing her first name correctly. It's C-H-A-N-I. That's Shawnee, right? Shani? I think we could go with that. Shawnee? <laughs> we're hopefully go we'll have her on the podcast. <laughs> when she hopefully, if she comes on, we can ask her. Here's the description of the book. Modern astrology isn't about passively accepting our fate. It's about action and beloved astrology Shanti Nicholas shows you how to bring this self, I'm sorry, this life-changing practice into your life and to embrace self-empowerment, intentionality, and spirituality. Written in her lyrical, cool girl, feminist writing style, You Were Born for This explains how knowing your star signs and what they mean for your individual character can be revolutionary. Understanding the astrological chart uh, can help you refine your intentions, identify your strengths, recognize areas for growth, become more connected to yourself, to your core self, and to steer you on your spiritual path. You Were Born for This teaches you how to harness the zodiac to help you become more in tune with yourself and your place in the universe. So, you know, she's an astrologer. She's pretty well known. She is um, Canadian. She is a queer woman. And a lot of her 
her astrology kind of comes from progressivism. It comes from feminism. It comes from um, the fact that she's queer. She kind of touches on those tones. And obviously, as you can see from the description, her book is all about how to kind of help yourself, how, to, how the universe can help you be a better you. And I feel like that just kind of speaks to us as a podcast. She is the, she's making history as the first non-Black author that we have selected for this book club, Bianca. But you know what? I think she might be able to tell us something, something in the next couple of weeks. I, so Isaiah Webster picked this book um, and he is right. This is our first non-Black author. First, will she be the last? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I have this book already and two things that I want to point out and want to make sure that the, um, readers get into. I love that she has this reading checklist. So it says, before you go any further, gather the following items, your, char your chart, pen, paper, highlighters, your journal, water, and snacks. So I'm like, yes, sis. She said, nurse yourself. Get ready. <laughs> As you get into this book. I love the way it's, it's already love the way it's written, the reflection questions. So, but the other thing I want people to read the dedication in this book in the very first page to her wife is one of the most beautiful dedications I have ever read. People are usually like, thank you to my partner for being an influence in this book. Like just some really shallow, not shallow, but something simple, right? She goes in on how much she loves her wife and how her wife is a powerful force. And I read that and I was like, oh, I... I, I love this, even before I got into the book. So um, again, this did not come audio. So I don't know how I feel about that, but maybe because <laughs> there's like work, because oh there's work to do, uh, but I am, ex I am excited. I, yeah. And this is very different than anything we've ever read. So I hope folks pick it up, read along with us, grab their chart and um, some chips and some water. <laughs> Cause she said, you need, you need your strength for this. We will be discussing the book and reviewing it on our August 28th episode. So get into that. Uh, you were born for this by Shawnee Nicholas. And we will be tweeting about that this week. This was fun. I have no cautiously optimistic because this is not my week for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try it, sis. Don't be bringing that Capricorn stuff up in here. <laughs> And I do cautiously optimistic because literally as I read, I was like, oh, that is the Capricorn way. <laughs> Yes. Um, but although I don't have that, what I do want folks to do is follow us on the things, the Twitters, the Instagram. Dwayne Alexander Smith is following us on Twitter. So you might as well follow us as well. I'm just saying, we want you to subscribe to, to Isaiah's YouTube channel. Click the likes, share the video, uh, see us in person, just acting a fool on the things. Um, we also want you to slide into our DM and our inboxes at wardandwebster at gmail.com and let us know what you want us to know, feel, and do. And as always, one, we thank you for listening to this campy shenanigans and tomfoolery that we put on every week. I like how I did that. 
<laughs> we appreciate you, but continue to tell your friends, people in your circle, that Scorpio that is uh, getting on your nerves, or maybe that Aries, tell them to listen to Ward and Webster. They just may enjoy it. Uh, keep listening every week. We're right here for you. Thank you. I am Bianca, the grounded Capricorn Ward. I'm Isaiah Webster. And we are out.